As a cloud leader at Deloitte, I get to work every day with innovators who don't just wonder what's possible, they engineer it with cloud. If you're one of those people, you'll like Deloitte's OnCloud podcast, where my co-host Mike Cabas and I talk with business leaders and explore how to use cloud to impact business models, revenue streams, workplace cultures, AI adoption, and more. Join me, David Linthicum, by subscribing to OnCloud, where you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, we're back here on the happy hour, 93.7, the ticket, the ticket, fm.com. Nick Sainert, Jake Bachoven with you. No Rico today. He's hanging out at his house right now. I know he's probably, he's probably streaming on Twitch. So after you watch all of our shows today, if Rico, um, it's like Nikki Flash something is his, is his username, Bach. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but Rico's, You watch him play video games? I, I guess so. If you want to watch Rico play video games or stream video games, feel free to head over to Twitch eventually. It's I, a thing. I don't know. Yeah, it is a thing. It is a thing. People make a lot of money on it. Oh, yeah. Not Rico um, yet, but... Yeah. Now, I don't think Steve is a, is a video game streamer. Is that right, Steve? Or do you stream your video games? I do not stream the video games, but I'm kind of curious. What is Rico streaming? Uh, probably. So I've tried to get him into MLB, the show diamond dynasty. I don't know if you ever played okay. that. Um, but we're, we're trying to, I'm trying to get him into MLB, the show, but I'm sure he's, he's big on streaming. He streams a lot of those like weird games that I've never heard of. <laughs> like one of those things like where, where you're like, maybe like a space, uh, like somewhere like you're in an alternate dimension. Exactly. And you're like, you know, yeah. Like dungeons and dragons exactly. and, and things like that with fire and ice. Yeah. And if you know Rico at all, like he, that fits his personality to a T. So I, I, well, I think hey, I'm, a, I'm a huge game of Thrones fan. So maybe him and I should get together. Somewhere. I am as well. Okay. Game of Thrones. Not bad. Something I just learned about Steve. All right. We're joined by Steve Mark of uh, inside Nebraska here on the happy hour. He was at the press conferences, obviously last week visited practice and, and was at uh Eric Shenander's uh, presser today. Steve, I guess, first off, how much concern is this whole like situation with Devin Drew? Because he, he hasn't shown up to campus yet. And we don't really know what the situation is, at, or at least I don't know what the situation is going on at Texas Tech. I mean, how much concern is there that Devin Drew might not be a huge impact or as big of an impact for the first couple of games as we had hoped back when we got his commitment? Yeah, so I think back when we got his commitment, I don't I don't know if a ton of people knew that he um, had to at least graduate Texas Tech, and, and then he had to look mm-hmm. up when Texas Tech was graduating in the summer. And um, I, I I'm not sure on that timeline quite yet, and I don't think um, really a lot of people inside of Nebraska's program are are really like 100 percent sure. Interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, he is graduated, but he is not on campus yet. And yeah, I mean it, it's a change from what people maybe originally thought about if he how much he could um, help out the defensive line um, early in the season and especially against Northwestern but right now my gut feeling is I don't I don't know how much we're going to get from him against uh, Northwestern Um, so yeah on the Devin Drew front I I think he's a talented guy who's going to help the help the defensive line especially on the interior Um, but is it going to be Northwestern or maybe even North Dakota I, I don't know. Steve, how much does how much of a hit does that take to the to the interior defensive line? I mean, because if if you think about the roller coaster, I love to 
categorize it as a roller coaster this offseason because Nebraska loses quite a few guys to either the transfer portal or, you know, it's Damian Daniels going into the pros. And then you get a guy like Devin Drew, you get Stephon Wynn. But now here we go. Devin Drew's not even on campus yet, and we're just a couple weeks away from the from the season beginning in Dublin. So, I mean, how much of a hit is this to the defensive line and most specifically the interior defensive line group? Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a hit just because people were expecting him to maybe be the guy right next to Ty to Ty Robinson, maybe at that three tech or, or a one tech or whatever they want to play him at, um, Devin Drew. But as of right now, I think you're just going to have to play with what you got, and you still have some nice pieces, um, although they're just not totally experienced pieces. Uh, guys like Nash Hutmacher, he's going to he's going to get his opportunity, but he just doesn't have the game reps under his belt yet. Um, Stefan Wynn uh, Jr., the transfer from Alabama, um, he looks the part. Uh, we saw him today, six foot four, over 300 pounds. He he looks like a prototypical zero technique that lines head up on the center and maybe even even can play a shade and 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 uh, just inside of the tackles and and be that run stop gap, um, gap plugger that Damian Daniels was last year. Um, but again, just like. Uh, just like Nash Hutmacher, he, he just doesn't have the reps under his belt. Even though he played uh, for for a while at uh, Alabama, he um, just doesn't have a ton of experience. So there's uh, outside of Ty Robinson, there's just not a lot of uh, experience to kind of count on. So you're kind of up in the air wondering how these guys are going to do against uh, Big Ten um, rushing offenses. And I think a guy that you're going to have to kind of count on and lean on until Devin Drew gets here and, and maybe. Uh, He'll he'll outplay Devin Drew is Colton Feist, the walk-on from from UTAN. He's six uh, two, two hundred eighty pounds, two hundred seventy-five. Well, he's not the biggest guy in the world. Everybody raves about his technique and how um, fundamentally strong and, and quick he is. Um, so I, I don't know. It's just kind of a disappointment when you're talking about Devin Drew. He's not going to he, he's not going to be here. And and this is just my opinion that he's not going to make a huge impact against Northwestern or maybe mm-hmm. North Dakota. But when you look at Guys like Feist, um, Ty Robinson, Nash Hutmacher, um, Stephon Wynn Jr., that's that's kind of your core right now for the interior D-line. I think there's some potential there, but, again, it's up in the air, and, and who knows right now. We're, we're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska here, and, and I guess sticking with the defense real quickly, Eric Schneider had a quote that really perked my ears or you know made me, made me really uh, get excited when he said something along the lines of, the guys can't get bored doing normal things exceptionally well, something along the lines of that. It, do we feel like the defensive side of the ball is really going to be the, the side of the ball that Nebraska leans on this year to not only keep them in games, but maybe even take them over the top and win games? Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I think, I think you're spot on, Nick, because you know I, I just got done with kind of kind of saying the question marks on the defensive side but on the offensive side I think there's more questions on the offensive side I I think I feel more uh, comfortable in saying that the defense is going to be kind of the better uh, the better side of the ball between the offense and defense so um, yeah I I I, I really like Eric Shenander I I think he I I could listen to him talk football forever and yeah yeah, I I heard that quote too and it was a really good one and I I just kind of trust him to take the pieces that he has and, and turn it into a group that's uh, like you said, gonna gonna be the one that the team leans on because, um, I mean, look, the offense just has you know, new quarterbacks, new new running backs. The offensive line situation is not is not looking good, at least in my opinion. All the new faces on, at, at wide receiver, um, and then uh, 
depending on how many two tight end sets that backup tight end spot behind Travis Volkwek is kind of up in the air too. You got to walk on that's uh, in, in Nate Borkature, who's looking like he might get some uh, reps there uh, with Chancellor Brunton. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of offensive uh, question marks right now. And, and it kind of leads me to agree with you that the defense could be the, the unit that kind of uh, the program, the team, uh, leans on this year. Okay, so you just you made me curious here. You said that you're you're not as high on the offensive line. I, I I've talked to a couple people that they do believe that the Donovan Riola was was a quality hire and things like that. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth and say that you said that um, because that's not true. But wh- where's your concern lie with this offensive line? Wh- what's holding you back? Oh uh, well, um, the center position, Trent Hickson. He's mm-hmm. you know a former walk on. He's I, I I believe it's his first year that's going to be playing uh, uh, at the center position and I know he, I know he has some starting experience at left guard under his belt but he lost his job to, to Ethan Piper in the 2020 campaign um, and now he's back he's a six-year senior and I think it's good I think it's good because he has he has experience and and, and you needed an experienced guy taking over for Cam Jurgens at at a really really important position like center um, but then just the edges and on the edges at the offensive tackles and Bryce Benhart and um, Teddy Prochaska. Uh Teddy Prochaska had a really just unlimited action. What we saw of him, he had a really, really great kind of showing. But with the season-ending injury, am I convinced that he's going to come back and look 100% right away for Northwestern? No, I don't. I'm just being honest. I, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to have him on a pitch count almost. Um, I don't know if he's going to um, just get to the level where he can just step onto the field and play a full college football yeah. game right away and, and look exactly like he did and return to form last year. Um, we, we saw Bryce Benhart and the struggles that he had. Um, who knows what that's going to look like. Maybe it is a good thing with uh, you get some new blood with the coaching um, with Donovan Ryle, and maybe that makes the difference with Bryce Benhart. Um, but then Turner Corcoran, um, the health issue comes up. I know he missed spring uh, just like Teddy Corcoran did, but um, yeah, I think it's it's safe to say that uh, Turner Corcoran might be one of the leaders for that left guard spot, but we saw him tackle last year. I know he's he's a super athletic guy for a 6'6", 300-pounder, um, but I'm just kind of curious to see what he looks like at, at guard now just because we haven't seen it. So, yeah. And then, of course, right, right uh, guard. I think there's a competition still going over there at right guard, but Brock Bando is a six-year guy who, who, again, has been in the program for a long time, but he just hasn't had a lot of experience. And last year, he was set to start. He, during the previous uh, press conference interview, he, he told us that he was set to start the Fordham game, but then just got gravely sick, gravely ill, and, and, and had to watch that game from home. Um, so, yeah, he, he's looking to prove a lot, prove, prove to a lot of people that he belongs on the offensive line, but he just doesn't have a lot of starting experience. Um so, yeah, I, I just look at the offensive line, and I'm kind of worried. Uh, are they going to be – what's that pass pass protection going to look like? Yeah. Are they going to get pushed in the run game? So um, I'm not as optimistic as some are out there with the offensive line. Um, but, again, yeah, Ryola, I'm sure he knows his stuff. I mean, obviously he's a Ryola. Um, I just kind of – I'd like to see, see it happen, see the improvement on the field before I kind of m- maybe say it or write it. And, and it's kind of interesting because I agree with you. I think the defense is probably ahead of the offense at this point. Do you expect the offense, you know, they made all these changes in the offseason. Mark Whipple's taken over the offense. Do you expect them to play call in that manner? Or do you think that they might at times leave the defense out to dry a little bit with the with the hurry up and, and maybe get pass happy here and there? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, when I when I look at Mark Whipple, I just feel a really, really smart um 
uh, football mind, offensive mind. And, and I'd like to believe that, you know, when he's looking at this, the makeup of this uh, football program, if he, if he knows, if he thinks it's a good idea to, to go hurry up and uh, throw it around the yard and, and play fast and do all that things, he understands that it might put pressure on the defense because if things don't go right and you get a three and out right away in like 30 seconds, is out there right again. I, I, I'm choosing to believe that Mark Whipple is a smart guy who's going to, you know, take that into account, and that's going to affect how he how he calls his plays on offense. So I, I, I don't think that he, um, of course, I, I, I think he wants to play how he wants to play, and he's going to do what he believes is in the best interest of the offense and what he thinks is going to score the most points. But um, yeah, I mean, if he if he doesn't think that he can maybe do it with all these new faces right away I don't think he's going to leave his uh, defense out, out to dry I think he might might see like a a little bit of a slower pace on offense more more trying to run the football um who knows I mean this isn't Pitt this isn't Kenny Kenny Pickett this isn't this isn't Jordan Addison lining up there at, at the X receiver so um he's got a lot of new faces and a lot of things to work through and it's just going to be interesting to see how how it all fits together and what it looks like Steve, last one before we let you go. We're talking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. And last last week, I believe, we heard Mickey Joseph say something along the lines of they're still looking for a leader in that wide receiver room. I mean, this is a wide receiver room that's pretty deep. We feel relatively good about it, and, and a big part of it might be, might be because Mickey Joseph is the guy in charge of it. But how much concern is there that they're still looking for a, a leader in that wide receiver room? Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Nick. I, I heard uh, Mickey Joseph say that, and then I kind of thought to myself, well, it's like, you know, he was with Trey Palmer at LSU, and now Trey Palmer is over here. He came, Trey Palmer came to Nebraska because he wants to be developed and coached by Mickey Joseph. So I was in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, well, isn't Trey Palmer kind of stepping up and being the yeah. vocal leader and, and kind of showing everybody like what it means to play for and what it takes to play for a guy like Mickey Joseph? So I'm kind of wondering – um, if Trey Palmer can be that guy, and you know, it, of course, we're we're only halfway through fall camp. There's a lot of there's a lot of football left to be played, so maybe there maybe there is um, some some work left to be done. But maybe that's Mickey Joseph's way of kind of t- talking to his players through the media, almost in, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think Trey Palmer could be a, a guy that that Mickey Joseph might want to lean on, but. Uh, yeah, when I heard that, I was kind of uh, curious myself. There's a lot of a lot of new faces in that wide receiver room who haven't really caught passes in Nebraska uniform. Um, some guys that kind of missed spring and, and are coming out right now um, trying to shake the rust off like Isaiah Garcia castinated too. So um, you'd like the Omar Manning, a guy who's been here before, kind of step up and maybe maybe be a voice maybe be a voice in that room. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one. It's another. Uh, story angle on the offense that I'm kind of really interested to see uh, play out and see who who kind of steps up yeah August 27th it's it's coming up quicker than we ever could have imagined we're already almost like you said halfway through fall camp so all right Steve appreciate the time as always uh have fun playing whatever video games you're playing and uh we will talk to you next Monday all right thank you Nick. that is Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska appreciate him uh taking some time as always our Monday guest here on the happy hour Really interesting stuff. Not high on the offensive line, and uh, which you know, like I, I've been going back and forth, Bach on the offensive line. I, I truly don't know how to feel about it. I, I like Donovan Raiola as a coach after seeing him and how he communicates with his players in open practice. I liked the way he went about his business, 
but I mean, Steve makes a lot of good points about the inexperience and about guys coming back from injury and whether or not they're going to be healthy. And he makes a good point with Hickson losing his job in 2020 to a guy that's not even in a conversation for an offensive line spot right now, Ethan Piper. And now he's here and going to be your starting center, replacing the guy that was drafted in the second round by the Philadelphia Eagles last or in the in this year's draft. So there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks on this offensive line. Yeah, and that, and I think that's going to continue to be the biggest uh, question mark until it's proven otherwise. Uh, you, I I just hope that you know you, you want to balance you want you know want them to be good at everything, um, but maybe I you know if they're mediocre one or the other, but be good at something, right? Run yeah. blocking or pass blocking. Give this offense something to rely on instead of just you know here. Well, let's see if we get it done this time because it, it could be. Like it was kind of last year, other than when Prohaska jumped in and they ran for like 500 yards against <laughs> exactly. Northwestern. It was kind of a guessing game, almost every play, how it's going to be blocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. All right, let's go ahead and take our final time out here in the happy hour. If you have not heard, Rico and Nathan are both on vacation this week, so Bach and I are going to just be chilling here from 2 to 4 every day. So we'll just kind of, I mean, it's going to be like a spillover here in the final segment. We might go past the three o'clock hour just a little bit. We'll we'll have a conversation, and then we'll just pick it up on the other side of the at the top of the hour for the the ticket water cooler. Appreciate once again Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska joining us here at two thirty. If you missed any of that interview, you can head over to ticketfm.com here in a little bit. That will be podcasted and posted for you guys. But let's go ahead and take a break. We'll we'll continue this conversation Nebraska football. Maybe hear from Eric Schnander a little bit on the other side. You're listening to the Happy Hour on ninety three seven The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.